Kia ora and welcome to another episode of Sneezy Beans. Today, I just want to talk a bit about my observations on America and followers there. So for those of you who don't know, I visited America for, how long was it? Like, um, six weeks? And boy, that was some culture shock right there. Um, like, I'd always known that things were sort of like a different vibration over in the States. I hadn't quite realized how, like, irreparably evil the whole system is. Um, like, just a just a nation of abject misery. Um, yeah, like I don't even really know where to begin. But like, I guess the thing that was most striking to me was how expensive everything you needed was. So that's food. That's rent. Was so fucking expensive. Like, and not just in New York, but also in. Um, other places that I visited. I guess there's probably parts of America where the cost of living is much lower, but like, you should still be able to afford to live uh, even if you're living like in or near New York City or like around um, these other places. Like, I don't get it, honestly. Um, it's fucking crazy. And so, like, the one that always struck out to me, and the one I use as an example, is we were doing nachos one night, and I was like, oh, okay, you know, how much can a bag of nachos be? Four dollars? And I go, I go to the store, and it's like, American five or six dollars for, like, the small little bag, like, not even the big bag of Doritos. Um, and, like, normally, you know, I wouldn't get Doritos for nachos but it was sort of like you know that were the first corn chips I saw absolutely wild supermarket prices um so you know that example like probably twice as much as a New Zealand supermarket um generally the prices I observed would be about like you know 30 to 100% higher than New Zealand supermarket prices, which, you know, famously in New Zealand are overpriced compared to places like Australia. Um, so, like, for fuck me, man. Um, I guess some of the treats were a bit cheaper, so, like, stuff like um, Little Warhammer Dudes were cheaper. Um, there was some there was like a wider selection of board games and the like and they were cheaper so like yeah I guess like congratulations on that um god I love trucks yeah so that was a bit mind boggling um then there was like the whole like archaic fucking payment structure which I guess, like, everyone from overseas complains about. But the whole, like... You 
finish your meal and then like someone comes over with a little tray that's got the price on it and then you like put a card on it they take the tray away and then they bring it back with like suggested tips along it um goes without saying that like the food prices were inflated as well but yeah the whole tipping thing was just a bit just just pay people a fucking livable wage like i guess like fuck me um I guess it's kind of cool in that if you work at a like a straight pump in place and you're on a tipped wage, you're gonna you're gonna make a lot more money. And I guess you need that money to fucking survive. But still, um, yeah, kind of crazy. Um, like I get why the movement in America is for like a fifteen dollar minimum wage and has been for like the past fucking six years or whatever um whereas like if you campaigned on that equivalent wage for New Zealand a, a libertarian's brain would explode I guess their libertarian brains are exploding as well but they're not as pernicious as ours um it's weird to say um like they're more insane and ours are inspired by theirs but they don't their, their libertarians don't have as much of an influence on government um, as ours, unfortunately, do. Um, yeah, so there's that whole um, skin doodle. What else was evil? The, like, city planning was evil. Um, like, straight up not even just like car friendly infrastructure but straight hostile to all other modes of transportation infrastructure um just like like I, I, I struggle like cause it's not like New Zealand is a utopia of city planning but you can like walk places generally um like the bus routes usually aren't punitive like it was weird because like obviously they have the technology um I rode on the New York subway one of the highlights of the holiday um and that is just the like a fucking wonder of the world <laughs> Like, the, the speed at which you can get around the subway-connected parts of New York is insane. And, like, I really think if you wanted to save Wellington billions of dollars, all you would have to do is, like, every single time a council is elected, you get them to, like, live in New York for six months and, like experience the joy of riding around on a subway um and then you'll end up with like I don't know, hopefully get some kind of fucking rapid transit for Wellington but yeah it's it's dire and the thing that it really hammered home for me was um the world's never gonna get better which is kind of depressing to think about, but like, 
America like literally cannot survive in a post car world. They need the car. They need the car. You you can't you you, you like you if you don't have a car in America you die instantly. They like fucking God sends a lightning bolt down to remove your bones um, the second you don't have a vehicle. Um, and like they're not they're not sustainable. Like like cars are gonna be around maybe like uh, like okay like. I hate making predictions in a time of high technology, but, like, unless there's some kind of revolution in energy storage or energy generation, um, steel manufacturing and blah 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 blah, like, <laughs> like, 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 literally we're going to be able to keep making new cars for another maybe 50 years, and even if we do another 50 years, like, that's just fucking the planet up multiples like by fucking multipliers each time like cars are like they're on the way out my guy um which is kind of crazy to think like you know currently driving in a car in a city in a, in a nation where like every household has a car but like they just like once um fucking petroleum is gone uh, once it's no longer uh, economically as fluid as it once was. Like, cars are just, they're not going to be affordable anymore. Um, and, like, a, a, America literally cannot survive in a world without cars, as constructed. Like, there are entire cities that just need to be leveled and rebuilt at higher density to like function with uh, ad hoc public transport network like like there are entire business districts built around these car parks that are just going to have to be abandoned or like turned into really cool fucking paintball areas or something like and it's like they're not going to go quietly into that future, like, like, the America kickins are not going to just, like, lie down and let the car leave their body and then, like, accept a, like, vastly worse quality of living. Like, if you pose to the average American, and, like, no offense to the average American, but, like, it, you know, it's going to happen here as well. We're going to get dragged into it, and we're going to go along with it for mostly the same reasons. But if you pose the average American, like, oh, hey, um, you got two choices, buddy. Uh, you can lose all your treats uh, and live in misery, or you can send that misery overseas and keep your treats. Like, they're always going to choose option B, and they have been choosing option B for the past, like, 100 years. Um, it's just going to get way, way, way worse. And I guess to, like, get a little bit fucking over the top, but like what we're seeing in Gaza at the moment I, like this isn't an explicit thing, this isn't like something fucking little Eichmann's with trench coats set up or whatever, but lab coats um 
is like a trial run. They're like, okay, how far can we push this? Like, like, how openly can we just like starve out and kill brown people and our people and like we will just kind of get along with it like we'll have some people walk around with like little protest placards but generally we'll be fine like what's the limit like because they know that um as the poly crisis develops with you know all the climate change and the oil price pressures um the scarcity of rare earths and all that sort of stuff as, as those like fucking um dueling disasters amplify they know that they're gonna have to do some sick nasty shit to try and keep the treats flowing as long as possible even though like you know as I was talking about with the food the treats are already overpriced you already can't afford the treats but it's like the fact that they're accessible I guess is what makes it all worth it maybe the treats must flow um yeah like <sighs> um yeah they're gonna flail around they're gonna do as much damage as they can on the way down um gonna be really awful to be party to and I guess like at the end of the day um like the, the wretched are gonna inherit the earth more or less and I guess it's just a matter of like are the Americans gonna kill them all before they get a chance like out of spite, I guess. Because it's like, you know, I, a lot of people like to talk about societal collapse as a result of climate change, and I, I don't think there's going to be societal collapse. I think that's, um, uh, what's the word? I think people who uh, scaremonger about societal collapse aren't really grappling with the logical outcomes there might be there, there'll be systemic collapses um, there's going to be nation states that stop functioning um, there's going to be international institutions that definitely stop functioning um, society is going to keep functioning but it will change and adapt to meet the new reality um, and in terms of like maintaining larger scale societies, uh, in terms of maintaining uh, maybe modern equipment isn't the right word, but as advanced equipment as possible, I think that there are cultures, there are technology bases that are more resilient than the Western one, like, like. Yeah, I look at society in New Zealand, society in Australia, society in America, and, and like post 
a certain point, uh, once, you know, once energy becomes too expensive, once advanced electronics become too difficult to acquire easily, um, I guess, I guess if those societies have time to adapt, then they'll be fine, but, like, in, in a rapid de-escalation of those technologies, uh, I don't think they're going to be as resilient as the the nations that we've put into, like, fucking Dragon Ball Z-style hyperbolic time chamber fucking misery trainers. Um... Like, the, the cultures that have a technology base of, like, where the most complicated bit of machinery is, like, a Toyota Hilux engine. Um, you know, that can be modified without too much effort to run on ethanol. Now, they're going to do much better than a country where every single fucking car needs a computer chip or it explodes. Um... And, yeah, so, like, if there is a global society after holy crisis, um, once things have settled down, it's going to have a very different face. And I guess the thing to consider is, like, hmm, um, what kind of transition are we have, and I don't think it's going to be a very nice transition, I don't think it's going to be a very just transition, um, I would like to think that the wretched that inherit the earth are more compassionate than the current rulers of the world, but... I could be catastrophizing, like, fuck, man, um, you know, I guess, like, on the, on the climate crisis side of things, right, because, you know, scientists have been losing their minds about it, and they're like, eh, we can't do it, if we reach this level of this many degrees of increase, then there's gonna be cascading climate effects, blah, 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 like, on the one hand, yeah, awful, um, on the other hand, I, I get the impression that, like, you know, there's going to be ungodly levels of callousness um, towards people in the global south. Um, like, callousness we haven't seen since the British were colonizing China. Um, but on the other hand, I think, like, Western societies, if they can maintain their, like, uh, lines of supply and their productive capability, like, it's literally just going to be like, oh, there's more air conditioners now. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, you can't go outside this time of day. Like, I have, I have a superb faith in the ability of people to just, like, adapt to the situation. And, like, you know, part of that is born of, like, historical study and, like, 
you know, you read the accounts of people who are, like, in the siege of Leningrad, um, you know, so, like, 700 or so days, and you're surviving on, like, 100 calories a day, and, like, people just adapted to it, and they're like, oh, fuck, I don't have the energy to, like, walk around, guess I'll read War and Peace, um, like, like, and, and people just kind of, like, ended up jiving with the new normal, um, like, uh, like, uh, and this is, like, the heartening and, like, kind of sickening thing, I don't know, it's, like, complicated, but, like, people are so fucking resilient, and, like, it's the shocks that get you, it's the sudden changes that really fuck you up, but if it's a slow change, people can put up with, like, fucking infinity stress, um, because they just, like, adapt to the new normal, and it's, like, um, I guess we see it day to day with, like, every single aspect of our lives in terms of, like, material conditions, so, like, you know, the percentage of people who are owning homes, the percentage of their incomes that are going out for utilities, food, um, and housing is, like, increasing incrementally year on year while the wages are, like, stagnating, um, so it's sort of like things get more miserable by like a percentage point, a half a percentage point every year. Um, but because the change is so slow, everyone's just kind of like, meh, this is how things work. Like, if you took the average New Zealander in 1950, uh, probably better like 1960, if you took the average New Zealander in 1960 and like exposed them to the material conditions of the average New Zealander in, like, 2020, um, and I'm not talking about, like, shit, like, how nice the technology is or whatever, I'm talking about pure, like, um, the ability to own a home, um, the ability to, like, save money, um, the ability to, like, afford food, um, and all that sort of shit, like, their brain would fucking explode, they would, they would, they would start singing, like, the Internationale, and just, like, march on Parliament, um, like, if, if you took the hardest right-wing 1960s New Zealander at the time, and put them in today, they would, they would, they would storm the beehive within minutes, um, but because it's happened over such a long, slow, period of time, like, no one notices the change, it's the whole meme of, like, frogs in a pot just will sit there if it boils or whatever, because the temperature changes so slow, even though that's made up, like, the frogs are like, shit's getting hot, jump out, um, but it's like, that idea of just sort of not changing, because it, you, you can't identify the point as where it gets too hot, um, There's like more stuff on America, but I'm running out of time. So I guess I won't talk about the America stuff. Um, there's some stuff that's way cheaper, and honestly, the glue that's keeping the American state together is the fact that in a lot of places you can get ciggies for six bucks each. You know, uh, six bucks each. Six, six bucks a pack. Six United States dollars 
for one 20 pack of cigarettes. Um, that is sick as fuck. Uh, bring it over here. If we can't live happy, at least let us live with nicotine. Um, also, like good things about America, everyone smokes. No one vapes. Everyone's fucking lighting up fat fucking doobies of weed and just fucking going ham on that. They're like legalizing shrooms and shit. Like, I guess it's like fucking targeted treats. It's like, yeah, sure, you'll never get, um, you'll never be able to afford food, but you can get some fucking cigarettes, mate. Yeah. Anyway, laters. Hope you had fun listening to my misery talk.